We're back, everybody. I'm Carly Knight. And I'm Donna Hart. And this is Procrastination Planet, where we should be writing, but we are going off topic AF today. We are going to be discussing teen idols. Really, it's just an excuse to talk about 70s shit. And a reason to wear a denim jacket. Oh my gosh. A denim jacket with your imaginary boyfriend's face airbrushed on the back. Yeah. Get my Bon Jovi jacket. Some cool bling buttons or... The bedazzler. Yeah. Bedazzler and patches. Mm-hmm. Okay, I kind of wanted to give a little bit of history about the whole teen idol thing. All right. So the modern day teen idol as we know it, as we know the phenomenon, has its roots in um, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra started it all. Hmm. Yeah. He's cool. Yeah, remember those, um, it's either Looney Tunes or... Um, Chuck Avery cartoons, but you have all those Bobby Soxers going, oh my God, it's Frankie! Except they weren't saying, oh my God. I do remember, and they kind of depicted him as this reed thin, like they almost drew him as a uh, stick figure with a head, you know? Yeah, skinny bobblehead. Yeah. And I didn't know they were talking about Frank Sinatra. For some reason, when they were going, oh my God, it's Frankie, I'm like, are they talking about Frankie Avalon? Because that was the only Frankie in my mindset when I was a kid, because I always thought of those Frankie and Annette movies. Uh-huh. And for some reason, I don't remember how I know this, but I remember that he was a teen idol back in the day. So I'm like, like, are they talking about Frankie Avalon? And then my mom was like, no, they're talking about Frank Sinatra. I'm like, no, they're not. Yeah, because you thought of him as an old guy, right? Yeah, fat and old. I remember fat old Frank Sinatra. Yeah, that's all I remember. Yeah, but then um, you look at all these old pictures of Frank Sinatra, and he was a skinny dude. Yeah, a skinny Italian dude. Mm-hmm. Old blue eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I remember the teen idol. It's not really a teen idol thing, but um, kind of that heartthrob phenomenon actually has its roots even further back in the mid 1800s with Franz Liszt. Franz Liszt, I should say. Oh, well, yeah. He's hot. Yeah. Yeah. Franz. yeah. yeah he was um, a <laughs> Franz Liszt. He could get it. Yeah. But he was an Italian composer and not Italian. Uh, Hungarian composer, Italian from Italian crooner to Hungarian composer. I got my nationalities mixed up because you could easily mix up Italian and Hungarian. Obvious. I don't know. I mean, paprika, you know, and oregano. So same diff, red, <laughs> green, all the same to me. Well, why was he such a phenomenon? Well, I discovered this when I was listening to the podcast "Stuff You Missed in History Class." Mm-hmm. There was a whole episode devoted to listomania. It wasn't so much of a, oh my God, it's Franz Liszt. Yeah, he rocks. It was more like, um, it was pathologized. Like Ooh. like these reactions were considered um, like these um, medical hysterias, <laughs> like heart palpitations and fainting and all this other kind of stuff. So it was a medicalized mania. Oh. Apparently, um, I was looking at this NPR article, which I have to definitely put in the show note. He was basically one of the first conductors not one of the first conductors, but one of the first composers, performers who would memorize his stuff before bringing it on stage. And it was considered arrogant back then to do that. Oh. Like with Chopin's thing, he would um, he would criticize people for doing that because it's like, oh, you're going to act like you're, you're putting your own stuff on there when you're playing someone else's compositions, which I don't know. I think that's kind of silly because that's like saying if you write fiction, you're telling lies. <laughs> But he'd memorize things. He would play everything by heart. He'd put on like a balls-to-the-wall performance. Uh, so he was kind of showboating. 
NPR's article is called How Franz Liszt Became the World's First Rock Star. And fun fact, they made a movie in the 70s. Ken Russell's Listomania made in 1975 starring Roger Daltrey as Franz Liszt. Well, Roger Daltrey. Actually, Roger Daltrey could get it back in the day. Yeah. So I could see that. that. That was very good casting. Yeah. I was looking at a painting of a young Franz Liszt, and um, I don't know. I guess he's the kind of guy you fall for when you're in your teenage goth phase. Oh. He has a very emo, dark academia look to him. All right. I'm going to look at his picture. Okay. But I can see how the um, how the tubercular crowd would fall for him. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I can kind of see that. Yeah, he's hot when you have tuberculosis, I think. He's got a dimple in his chin, so he's got that going for him. It's a manly chin. The Travolta chin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of the start of the whole heartthrob thing. Started with a composer in the Romantic era. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like teenage girls who went crazy for him. It was also grown women. And gay men. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's how you know you got taste. That's right. You made it. Mm Mm-hmm. So then Frank Sinatra kind of started it in the 40s. In the modern era. (laughs) Yes. It was teen girls going, ooh, Frankie, and fainting. Yes. Then you've got kind of this wholesome, non-threatening teen heartthrob thing happening in the um, in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And there's an article I stumbled in for Wikipedia because I wanted to get into the history of it. And from what I'm looking at, the whole teen idol thing really kicked into gear when vinyl records became cheaper, mm-hmm. especially like 45 singles. So you've got all this wholesome music with handsome faces decorating the cover. And then, of course, parents are kind of the gatekeepers giving the allowance money. So you don't want your wholesome teenage daughter to spend daddy's hard-earned money on some greasy bad boy. Swarthy. What was that? Swarthy and hairy-chested. <laughs> yes. No swarthy, hairy-chested dudes. You need non-threatening, baby-faced boys. Yeah. Teenage boys you could take home to mother. <laughs> Put Fabian's face on there. Pat Boone. <laughs> Ew, Pat Boone is so gross. <laughs> but he was really popular. He was very popular. Very popular for honking up R&B and rock and roll. Oh, I know. It's dreadful. His rendition of Tutti Fruity is the worst. <laughs> that was a hate crime right there. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. That was, that was, that was hateful. Just, just wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. It looks like a wax figure. And then I keep seeing um, a lot of iconography with Fabian, and I've never heard a Fabian song, even though I listen to like a lot of old-timey stuff. I'm like, who the fuck is Fabian? But it turns out he didn't really have any talent, that his voice was enhanced in the post-production process. Oh. Yeah. I think that all came out during the payola scandal. Well, I, it seems to me, and, and I haven't read anything up on this, is that once uh, Frank Sinatra became popular, then they're like, oh, Italian, blue-eyed singer. Yeah, that's what we need more of. And so then, hence, lots of teen idols from that moment, be or, you know, Italian. Oh, yeah. With Baby the and Dion. Yeah. Um, well, Frankie Avalon. Oh, yes, definitely Frankie Avalon. Frankie Castelluccio. <laughs> Frankie Avalon parlayed his fame into singing Beauty School Dropout. (laughs) Yes, he did. So let's see. Who else was popular in the 50s? You had like the Beach Boy types, you know, Tab Hunter, Troy Donahue. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you had Ricky Nelson. Yes, but he he became a serious musician, which I'll get to later. Oh, yeah. Oh, goody. Oh, goody. We get to dive into Ricky Nelson. My grandma was crazy about Ricky Nelson back in the day. (laughs) 
I remember she was really, um, she was pretty devastated when, um, when his plane crashed in the eighties, mm-hmm. died in that plane crash. Yeah. That's how I remember. Then also, I remember him from the parent trap as well. Oh yeah. Haley Mills had pictures of him all over the wall and I thought it was Elvis just because every fifties pompadour guy looks like Elvis to me when I was a kid. <laughs> Elvis also was a teen idol. Oh yes. Elvis. And then James Dean. Mm-hmm. So you had to, Go from like the wholesome, non-threatening boy thing to the bad boys. Mm-hmm. And he had Marlon Brando before he became gross. <laughs> yeah. And then James Dean. He had Elvis. Well, what what were your favorites of of your early childhood? Of my early childhood. Oh gosh. So my era was the eighties, eighties and nineties. I remember um, it wasn't just the Teen Idols, but um, inappropriately grown men like Tom Selleck. <laughs> shut up <laughs> magna pi hells yeah okay don't you judge me i won't yeah i've been into chest hair ever since although funny funnily enough i do not like mustaches but he's the king of them i know i know but if we want to go into teen idols um let's see i remember kurt cameron was a big teen idol what the fuck was i thinking i was 11 okay i didn't know better and i may have had his um little tear out pinup from bot magazine under my mattress well he was very (laughs) non-threatening yes he was one of the non-threatening boys and then he became like this really gross fundamentalist still is (laughs) Mm -hmm. still is total nut job you can put him there with chachi ew (laughs) did anyone actually beat off to chachi or did you just say it because that was the thing to do because it was the 70s well you know i feel like a lot of the 70s was kind of a wasteland for uh the popular TV show star, a, bit, a oh, lot of them were older. There weren't a lot of young ones, you know, at the time. Mm-hmm. So you could be like Chips or you could like... Oh, Eric Estrada. Yeah, but he was older. He was a man, you know. Yeah, he, he was a man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was, um, he's more into, he's more on the um, heartthrob end of the spectrum rather than Teen Idol. Right. There's actually a lot of Teen Idol stuff in the 70s. The Tiger Beat era. Yeah, the Tiger Beat era. Although David Cassidy, I, I was looking at some old stuff and it's like, okay, mildly cute and whatnot, but his hair, like the shag that he wore. It was a little thin for feathering. Yeah, it was thin for feathering and the way it kind of flattened all weird and triangulated at the top. It looks like my hair when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> it's like, how the fuck was he sexy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but he could sing. He tried. He was trying really hard to be taken seriously as a musician. He really didn't like the whole teen idol thing from being a partridge family yeah but he didn't cross over to the serious music see i, I put my teen idols in categories ah how's your category system okay so you have the solo singer like donny osmond leaf garrett uh michael leif. jackson oh sorry leif leif he's very <laughs> insistent about his pronunciation okay <laughs> <laughs> i should know better um justin timberlake and then you have like the boy band members where you get a boy for every season. Mm, like New Kids on the Block. Yeah. And Backstreet Boys, you know. Those oh, guys. my God. Why am I not? Why did I not put New Kids on the Block on my list? Because I was super about NKOTB oh. in seventh grade. Who was your favorite? Joe McIntyre. Joey McIntyre. Oh. Oh, yeah. And then um, a friend of mine and I went to see him in concert in um, 2000. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the boy band renaissance was happening. And so it's like, hey, why don't we go see, why don't we go see Joey McIntyre? Because that was her favorite new kid as well. Mm-hmm. And 
God, what was it? Um, I was watching this VH1, Where Are They Now? And supposedly he's become a Christian singer. And I'm thinking, he wasn't doing no Christian singing when we saw him. <laughs> and he was wearing leather pants and shaking his ass and everything. He needs to find his niche. He was twerking for Jesus, yeah. I guess. I don't know. But he was, you know, he was still cute. Like, what was it? 10 years later. And I'm like, this was fun. This was a nostalgia trip. Well, for boy bands, I feel like other than the like 50s doo-wop bands, which are different, one of the first boy bands were the Monkees. Oh, my God. I would watch the reruns on um, Nickelodeon. Mm -hmm. I love the Monkees. <laughs> and it's like every every other month I would pick a new monkey that was my favorite, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Davey was supposed to be the cute one. And he was cute, but Mickey. Ah, yeah. Mickey, get it. Mickey was hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Davey was cute, but Mickey made me feel funny. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to sit on Mickey's lap, didn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the last train of cars filled with you, Mickey. <laughs> oh, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my <laughs> you mind. Blow my mind. Hey, Mickey. Hey, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other categories are popular TV show stars. So that Chachi was one of them, right? Mm -hmm. And Saved by the Bell. Oh, yes. Yes. So you had Zach and Slater, right? Mm -hmm. And I was more of a Slater kind of girl. Mm -hmm. But that Screech, that Dustin Diamond guy, he's a pig even now. He's so gross. Oh, he's horrible. But as a human being today, he's just this pig. Mm -hmm. But why are you? So which was your favorite on Saved by the Bell? I never really um, got into Saved by the Bell, which makes me a terrible 90s gal. Slater was cute, and Zach was cute, but they never did anything for me. Oh. They were no Mickey Dolenses. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't Mickey Dolenses, and they weren't Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula? <laughs> oh my god, that was that was my 90s obsession. He was definitely not a teen idol. He was way too grown to be a teen idol. He goes in the category of intellectual genius category. Intellectual genius and too grown to be a teen idol, but whew. <laughs> he still looks good too there's crossover it's okay yeah plus i was into all the guys in um the young guns cast so keith or sutherland yeah um, balthazar getty was in young guns too Emilio estevez he rocked the henley and the billy the kid drag and of course diamond philip that's a good cast so all of those guys yeah i, I was into that saved by the bell i think i think they were like i don't know they're way too plastic for me yeah still slater I want to bounce. If I wanted plastic, I'd go with New Kids on the Block. That's about as plastic as you go, huh? That's as plastic as I go. I have limits. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to give a shout out to Donny Osmond because he was my first. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I fell in love with the song Puppy Love, 1973, I think. is. I was like six or seven years old. <laughs> oh, of course. But I always remember... I hope you remember your first Teen Idol crush. Yeah, well, it was it was the first record I I requested of my parents. You know, after like just having nursery rhymes and the Disney uh, chilling, thrilling sounds of the haunted house. You know, hmm. and then from there I went to Puppy Love. Chilling, thrilling sounds of the haunted house. I want that record. You should get that record. It's a good record. I need to get that record. That sounds like it rocks the fucking house. It does. So. Donny Osmond with his purple socks and 900 teeth. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. A very wholesome teen idol. Yes, very, very clean and scrubbed. Oh, yeah. Although I will say um, Crazy Horses, 
that song fucking slaps. Oh, with the with the Osmonds all together. Yeah, the Osmonds all together. I first heard that song and I'm like, that's not the Osmonds. No, it's not. Yeah, they do. They do a good job. Yeah, that one is. That one's like, oh my god, they can fucking rock. Did someone slip acid into the Jello or something? I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, I I saw that video on YouTube and one of the commenters said. That's what happens when the Osmond family is allowed to have a Coke. <laughs> I think you got it. Yeah. What they put mm-hmm. in that Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I always get choked up when they sing, uh, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. Oh. I know. Sappy. <laughs> That's all right. We are all allowed to have our sappy moment. Mm-hmm. At least it wasn't the DeFranco family. No, I didn't like the DeFranco family. The Canadian answer to the Osmonds. Yeah. Heartbeat at the love beat. That's so cheesy as shit, but once in a while I might play it. I might play it. Just because I need to have a campy moment. Yeah. So did you like any of the bad boys? Any of the bad boys? Um, I don't know if he quite qualifies as a bad boy, but um, George Michael. Mm. He was what we called massively fine back in the day. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just fine. You had to say massively fine that was the insistent terminology growing up in socal as a young gen xer so you kind of like that well-trimmed beard thing yes the designer stubble yeah the earrings the leather jacket Mm-hmm. definitely have the leather jacket the tight jeans my butt is a perfect circle <laughs> yeah he was cute mm-hmm I was not a really into bad boys that much. I don't know why. But I remember watching The Breakfast Club and Bender. Mm-hmm. And I know that so many girls really liked him. But the thing is, he does a big looch in the air and he catches it. And that just eliminated Ew! Spitting. I, I hate spitting. That just grosses me the fuck out. It grossed me out. And I'm like, nope, I can't do it. Yeah, that's ew. Ew. That's so gross. Plus he has crazy eyes. He does. I can't with crazy eyes. He does. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't with crazy eyes. That's just, that's not okay. And the spitting on top of that. That's just so gross. I mean, I can watch pimple popping videos all day. (laughs) I love that popping videos. They are so satisfying. (laughs) I'm so gross. It's like, oh my God, you have a zit on your back that you can't reach. Let me get it, please. I'll do it for you. (laughs) Because I'm just that disgusting. Mm -hmm. But spitting is. Spitting is a bridge too far. It is. That's just, I have limits. Like, I can't go out with a guy that does the tobacco spit stuff. Ew! Oh my god, when I was going to high school in Colorado. Okay, this is way the fuck up in the Rocky Mountains. And you had your redneck, and you had your ski bumps. And nobody else in between. And the rednecks would all have this faded circle in the back of their jeans. Because they're always carrying around Copenhagen. Uh-huh. That was, that was their brand of choice. Right. And I sat next to a guy on the bus. Like, the guys at school, they would chew. And I sat next to a guy on the bus, and it makes your breath stink to high heaven. It's like cigarette breath, that's one, you know. But chewing tobacco breath is... Nasty! Yes, that is a whole nother thing. I know, it's gross. How could you kiss a guy that's doing that? Ah. Ew. Ew. No. That's just wrong. This is wrong. Mm-hmm. For all we know, there's some sort of weird fetish on the on the dark web. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I could probably post a picture of myself chewing tobacco and spitting. Put it on my OnlyFans or something. Ew. <laughs> Rule thirty-four: If it exists, there is porn. 
Well, I had my categories done by era. Mm-hmm. Just kind of talking about, because I got into my little history rabbit hole. Yeah. Because you have, um, like in the 60s, you had the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And then um, the Stones, I'm not sure if they um, were completely in the teen idol thing. They were definitely not the kind that you take home to mother. Paul, you can. Well, that's the Beatles. You can take home the Beatles to mother, but you don't take home the Stones to mother. No. Well, my favorite Beatle is George. Really? Oh, I love George. I like John. What's so funny is like when I was younger, I thought John was just like this hippy dippy dude. And then the more I read about him, I'm like, oh, my God, he was an angry motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I liked him when he was like chubbier. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he's younger and he had some meat on his bones. And he had a shaggy hair and he wasn't quite the skinny hippie. Yeah. I like George. He's the Beatle for when you want to be deep. Oh, yes. He was a serious musician. He was. Very much a serious and of course the stone mm-hmm. mick was all mine we already know how i feel about mick jagger yes <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay so we want to go back to the 70s um let's talk about andy gibb oh <gasps> i love andy gibb <laughs> andy gibb fuck yeah yeah oh my god there's a short story i read a long time ago it was in this anthology of queer writers and the story is called elegy for andy gibb oh and she's talking about how, um, God, like a tween, probably like middle school age or something. And she was super in love with Andy Gibb and had all these crazy fantasies about him. And she I... kind of talks about the rest. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But she's talking about the um, other heartthrobs of the era. And she's like, OK, nobody liked Leif Garrett because he was too faggy. And if you liked Rod Stewart or Mick Jagger, you were a slut. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wanted to sit on Andy Gibbs' lap. (laughs) (laughs) He was definitely the best-looking BG. Oh, my gosh. Not really an official BG, but he was definitely the best-looking of the Gibb brothers. He could handle the feathered hair. Oh, yeah. He could handle the feathered hair. Barry had a whole lion's mane going on. Mm -hmm. That was a little too much. But he was the sexy one. So, you know. Yeah. He had the beard and the sternum bush and the tight pants. He had the hair. He had the hair. Yeah. He took the hair from the twins. <laughs> I know. And he's like, you don't get the hair. The hair is mine. <laughs> I'm misappropriating the hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But, he was the hair. <laughs> but Andy had the gold chains and he kind of mm-hmm. had the surfer boy look, you know. Yeah. He could wear the jumpsuits. Uh-huh. And he had those tight crotch pants <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> tight pants he god if he had only lived if he didn't die young he could have had a cameo with um jimmy fallon singing the tight pants song <laughs> i love the tight pants song i want to see a mashup of the um of the brothers Gibbs sketch from saturday night live and tight pants <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that has to happen. Okay. I remember my um the first time I heard of Andy Gibb was um that show Give Me a Break. Yeah. And I think one of the what was the daughter? I think she had um I think she lied about being able to get Andy Gibb to go to a party or something like that and then ended up meeting him backstage and got his jacket. <laughs> oh yeah, cuz the friends that she wanted to join, I think it was like this clique she wanted to join. They're like, you need to have proof. And so she ended up with a jacket. And I remember seeing him and he was all blonde and cute. 
Yeah. I mean, this was past his era. Well, he had such a short era. I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, post-disco. And then he uh, he had like a massive cocaine problem. And then he got clean. But then all of that coke use took toll on, on his heart. Mm-hmm. The poor man died at 30. Yeah. That is insane. Not fair. So if any of my students are listening to this podcast, then they shouldn't because Procrastination Planet is not for the children. No, children. Don't do drugs. Seriously, don't ever fucking do coke, because that will fuck you up, even if you quit. Yeah, and wear a condom on your nose. (laughs) Yeah, practice safe snorting. (laughs) (laughs) Condom on your nose and don't let the straw poke through. Listen to children. <laughs> this is terrible, rotten stuff. I'm not a teacher. I can say that. <laughs> yeah, Donna can say shit, fuck, cuntness, all she wants. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna go to hell for for saying any of this. All right, go to hell. Bring us all to hell. What? Okay, so Andy Gibb died, and then what was it? Last decade, um, Morris died, and then um, Robin died. Right? Mm-hmm. Like the twins died, but. The first of the twins died, and I thought I thought back to this really dark joke about the Kennedys. Mm-hmm. That with um, every Kennedy that dies, Rose Kennedy gets like another level up. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I know. <laughs> and then of course Rose Rose died. I think she was like in her hundreds or something. But anyway, so that thought came back to me as well. I'm like, oh God, does Barry get another level up or something whenever a brother dies? He did. He cannibalized his brother's spirits. Yeah, I was like, is that what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And now he's like the only BG left. And then I'm like, okay, that, that was way too dark. I feel bad now because he seems to be really broken up by it too. He's like, I didn't want these extra levels. Yeah. The extra hair is not worth it. <laughs> I shall never go bald. Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. Just, just bring on the Rogaine. Fuck it. <laughs> so that that was my, my really dark going to hell thought. Mm-hmm. But I had... I found um, a couple of Andy Gibb records when I was thrift shopping because I was looking for like that 25 cent vinyl that you could use for crafting purposes. Yeah. And I, um, well, in my last job, I was um, a steam assistant. And one of the projects I did with my eighth graders was that Mr. Wizard record player mm-hmm. where you just use a pencil and um, pop the record on there, spin it around, and then you make your um, your little speaker from rolling a piece of paper into a cone and then you tape a little sewing needle at the end and then you have a little DIY record player. Don't do it with your good vinyl. Sewing needles and your good vinyl do not mix. But it was a fun way to kind of um, trip them out because, you know, in eighth grade, you're kind of jaded at all. You're too cool. But then you're listening to it. You're like, oh God, this is pretty cool. The Craft Moment by Carly Knight. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. So um, I just kept the records in the lab because... I didn't feel like dragging the whole heavy bag back to the house just yet. Did you have shadow dancing? Yes, I did. I had that record there. Yeah. So during one of the art days, like some of the other middle schoolers, they were kind of going through my stuff. One of the guys, he pulls out um, the Andy Gibb record. He's like, who's that? He, like he was going to dunk on me or something for possessing the record. He's like, who's that? I'm like, that's your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> he ended up having a good laugh out of it, though. We have an understanding. Good. It could have gone very wrong. Yeah. 
So that was my Andy Gibb nostalgia tour. It's a road we can walk together. Yes, we can walk that road together. I want Andy. No, he's mine. He's my dead ex-boyfriend. No, he's my dead. <laughs> Sick. We're fighting over <laughs> dead imaginary <laughs> Before the principal comes and slaps us down. <laughs> no more necrophilia on this premises. Oh, no. <laughs> But I want to sit on his lap. (laughs) (laughs) I am not going to make a rigor mortis joke. Okay, good. I think you just did. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Okay, you want to hear something weird? Sure. Okay, this gets down weird. 1978, I developed a crush on Jeff Goldblum. I I feel like that's normal. (laughs) Really? Yeah, that's kind of the weird, you don't know why you're crushing, but you are anyway. Yeah. Also, he's become kind of a medic sex god. He so is. You're okay. Like the first time I saw him, I saw him in this movie, Thank God It's Friday, and it's kind of this. <gasps> I saw that with a young Terry Nunn. It's a 70s disco movie. It's really good. And Jeff Goldblum plays this disco god kind of guy. He's trying to pick up all the customers. Yeah, I guess so. I, or he was trying to, I think, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I think he was trying to take a lady away from her boyfriend or something. He was kind of the bad guy, but I just, I just was just like mesmerized by him. Some dudes have that charisma. Yeah. He's 6'4". I know. I, I like tall guys. You want to be a spinner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, some tall guys are into spinners. Yeah. So there you go. This is not for children. I repeat, not for children. <laughs> not for children. Do not listen to us talking a lot of shit. <laughs> That's probably why, the same reason why I like ben- Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, he, well, he's tall, definitely. He's one of those, I don't know if he's attractive or not, but I can't stop looking at him. Yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the mindfuck kind of crush. You're like, huh? Do I like him or am I repulsed by him? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. Do you think any, like, millennial girls have a crush on Mark Zuckerberg? Oh, God, I hope. <laughs> he looks like an alien. I guess his wife closes her eyes and counts the money. I don't know. Hmm. I kind of like Elon Musk. <laughs> 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 the problematic crushes. <laughs> That's one of those I'm, I'm equally repulsed and attracted to. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's confusing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to marry Elton John when I was nine. So <laughs> <laughs> okay. You wanted to be a tiny dancer. <laughs> yes, I wanted to be a tiny dancer. <laughs> he wore a lot of sparkly stuff, so I thought he was wealthy, but it turns out he was broke. Aw. And had to auction it, so. I don't know. For some reason, I just thought he was cool. So You just wanted a bedazzling friend. Yes, I, that's what it is. I wanted a bedazzling friend. <laughs> okay, so I had a crush on George Michael. Wanted to marry Elton John. I think I'm just into gay British dudes. Who isn't, right? Right. <laughs> it makes me jealous of gay British dudes because they get to have gay British dudes. Oh, yeah, they so do. Mm-hmm. And if I was a dude, I would totally be into gay British dudes. If I was a dude, I would be gay so I could be with gay British dudes. Yeah, hell yeah. That is my whole plan. Okay, I was going to be a lesbian when I turned 60, but I'm thinking I'm just going to be a gay British dude when I turn 60. <laughs> okay. Or just a gay dude. I don't have to, you don't have to. I don't have to be British. Because no. I, could, I could still have a gay British boyfriend 
if I'm American, because they might could like Americans in a fetishy way. Sure, right? as as they do. Yeah. There we go. I am going to. I'm just going to be a gay dude when I'm sixty. Put it in your planner. Yes, I will put it in my planner. I will put it in my goals. Break it down in tiny goals. Smart goals. Yeah. Okay. So what goes into a smart goal? S is for specific. And then measurable. Achievable or attainable. What's the difference between measurable and time bound? Oh, quantify or at least suggest an indicator of progress. Hmm. Okay. So I guess if I um, implant one chest hair at a time, Mm -hmm. I could work my way to that. And then achievable or attainable, relevant, and time bound. So my smart goal. I've noticed though, like when I was doing my research with the teen heartthrobs, the teen idol things, it was such a honky world. Oh. Teen is very white world. Yeah. There's like Michael Jackson, that's it. Yeah. You had the Jackson 5. And then um, sometimes I would see Malcolm Jamal Warner in teen Bob and 16 and teen B. But he was the exception. But it was mostly just, it was, it was like so many white dudes. The teen idol thing was a white, 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 white world. All I got left is the series musicians, which you went through with uh, Mick Jagger and George oh, yeah. Stephanopoulos and uh... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> George Harrison. Oh, George sorry. Harrison. Okay, George Harrison. George Stephanopoulos was your um, serious intellectual crush of the nineties. Yes. Okay. It's kind of cute, but uh-huh. uh, how about Kurt Cobain? Kurt Cobain was it at your era? Yes, my era was the grunge era, but I don't think anyone liked him in that, oh my god, you're so fine kind of way. It was just more like, um, you like the music, you like the aesthetic, you like the um, rebellion aspect. Yeah, it was like, oh, he's such a serious poet. Mm-hmm, that he kind of thing. my soul and speaks to my generation. That's right, he's the voice of my generation. Yeah. I don't remember anyone having a crush on him. I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure it did happen, but nobody in my circle would openly admit to it. Really? What about Ricky Nelson? Oh, Ricky Nelson. Now, he was a crossover. He started off as the solo singer category, which he would sing other people's music. And TV star category. And TV star show category. And then he moved into serious musician. And my husband, who's like a rockabilly historian expert, really likes him. Yeah. And he also was one of the pioneers of country rock in the 70s. Yes, he was. Along with Graham Parsons. But he doesn't, Graham Parsons is not a teen idol. He wasn't a teen idol, but he was a country rock. He was just in the mix. Cosmic American music is what he called it. Okay. Oh, and if we want to cross back over to the 90s, Ricky Nelson, who became Rick Nelson, mm-hmm. is the father of Matthew and Gunnar Nelson. Yes, the Nelson twins. They were cute. Oh, they were cute, and they had the band Nelson. Yeah, and they had all that blonde hair. Oh my God, I was so I was so into Nelson. It would it's not even funny. <laughs> they they kind of got lumped into the hair metal category, even though they were all hair and no metal. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty convinced that after the rain and the love and affection are both the same song. But, <laughs> okay, but, but who cares? I had the cassette, the sepia toned cassette. Yeah, the album art there. Actually, those songs were those songs weren't actually that bad. So I'll have to try them later. They they sure are cute though. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, they were pretty. Mm-hmm. I think, was it Wayne's World or Beavis and Butthead? They had the top 10, was it like top 10 musician babes or top 10 video babes or something like that? Mm-hmm. And they put Nelson in there. <laughs> <laughs> that chick's hot. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't girls, but they were pretty light girls. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely had definitely had crushes on Matthew and Gunnar Nelson. But looking back as a grown ass lady, I don't want a boyfriend that's prettier than me because I'll just get jealous. I know, right? Quit using my lip gloss. <laughs> uh huh. What? You don't need mascara? Fuck you. <laughs> your hair is thicker than mine. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How is your hair impossibly shiny <laughs> until you bleach the fuck out of it? <laughs> oh, yeah, I had a, I definitely had a thing for blue dudes when I was a teenager. I don't know what that was. Kiefer Sutherland in The Lost Boys. Oh, my God. He was, my, he was my bad boy crush. And then my wholesome crush was on Corey Haim. <laughs> yeah. My mom insists that I was into both Corys, and that is a lie, Mom, if you're listening. That was a dirty, filthy lie. Team Haim. Okay. Yeah. The other one, not so much. Yeah. No, he was trying to be Michael Jackson. Shit, I don't know. But, um, and then he became an annoying vegan. Ugh. Makes me want to eat steak. Just because of him. Mm-hmm. And then, have you heard the band Indecent Obsession? Mm-mm. They were, Austra- they were Australian. They had, um, they only had one good song, though. Um, Won't You Tell Me Something? It's called Tell Me Something, but the chorus is Won't You Tell Me Something. That song is a bop. Their other songs are... They, they do a lot of ballads, and I don't like that. I'm against that. Mm-hmm. But it's a really cool synth pop, early 90s sort of jam. It had a, re- had a lot of really good dance remixes with that, too. And then, like, the two guys from the band, there's one. He was a singer, and he had, you know, the bleach blonde skater hair. And he was really pretty, and so I'm kind of mad at him for that. Oh. And then there's another dude who, I think he was the bass player or something. The blonde guy looks like Val Kilmer. A little bit, yeah. See, indecent obsession. I'm I'm googling this shit. Oh my god, they're so young. <laughs> well, I was so young too. Oh, so Aussies are really cute, though, in general. Yeah, they had the accents, you know. Yeah, I can't do a good Australian accent. Just think, uh, Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, flatten out your A's. Yeah, cranky. Cranky, <laughs> flatten out the A's. I'm gonna stick my finger up this crocodile's ass. <laughs> Bum. Sorry. Bum. I think we went through a pretty exhaustive list. We did. It was kind of all over the map, but that's okay because that- <laughs> we were very all over the map. We're off topic. We're all over the map. We got to make sick ass necrophilia jokes. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, what was it? What episode? Oh yeah, it was the creepy kids episode. Yeah, we made the most seventies reference in the world to Robbie Benson. Mm-hmm. And. I was looking up Robbie Benson pictures to put on Instagram. Yeah. Just to keep up with the theme. And I was not into 70s Robbie Benson. I was into 80s Robbie Benson. Oh my God. I'm looking at him at a recent photo and he's still pretty cute. Oh, I know. He has cheekbones. Yeah. 80s Robbie Benson. I saw pictures of him in those HBO guides. Uh huh. My grandma had those HBO guides at the house. And I'm looking, I'm like, ooh, he's cute. He's got those eyes. He was the slightly more grown-up Robbie Benson. That's the Robbie I knew. But it turned out he did a whole bunch of 70s movies and everything. Yeah. I just sent like, you one. Uh, for... Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, he grew, he grew up real nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was looking at, you know, trying to jog my memory with all the like teen horror and stuff like that. And 
Okay, so like you want to have age appropriate crushes for your young market, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't know, you don't want to be marketing grown men for a teenage audience because that's weird. But the way they have these underage guys posing in these pictures <laughs> without their shirts on or their shirts are unbuttoned and they're in these suggestive poses and it's like, oh God, they're kids. Ew. But then you have these grown ass photographers going, hey, be sexy, make it more sexy. <laughs> You're a tiger. Growl for the camera. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's just gross and weird. No, they, they market those to producers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Corey, Corey Feldman, he's like totally fucked up and everything and annoying, but also I think he probably has a good point about Hollywood being a hotbed of pedophilia. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I understand why he was... He was totally fucked up. All right, I just sent you a really some really nice photos of Robbie Benson. <laughs> as a as a grown man, Robbie. Benson. Oh know. yeah, he, he's like all silver foxy and zaddy. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! So if we want some seventies references, Bobby Sherman. I don't know him. You don't know Bobby Sherman? No. What kind of seventies broad are you that don't you don't know. know Bobby Sherman? I missed that one. He had like the surfer boy thing and very feathered hair. And How did I miss that? I love feathered hair. I don't know, but I remember my first discovery of Bobby Sherman was in The Simpsons because Marge talked about how she had a crush on him and then Lisa was dunking on her for it. I'm like, who the fuck is Bobby Sherman? And so my mom had to explain Bobby Sherman to me and I still didn't understand. And was he in Bonanza <laughs> or something? What was that? Was he in Bonanza? No, that was Michael Landon. Oh. Um, he was in Here Come the Brides. And then he had a couple of minor hits, and then he retired from the business to become a paramedic. Huh. But he had, like, feathered hair and blonde hair, feathered hair, lots of teeth. He has that side part thing. Yeah, so he didn't have proper feathered hair because he didn't have a middle part. Right. He had a side part. So he was, he was kind of um, doing the safe version of 70s hair. Yeah. But he wanted to keep that nice side part so that he could be wholesome, so that parents bought the records when that he was not a threat. Ah. That is the function of the side part. Well, it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see a pictures, but it's not ringing a bell. That's okay. That was, um, maybe you maybe psychologically blocked Bobby Sherman. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know, is this the Mandela effect? Like, Bobby Sherman exists for some people, but he doesn't exist in your timeline? Yeah, I don't think he exists in my timeline. Okay, so... We might be pondering the existence of Bobby Sherman. Well, I quantum jumped about 10 years ago, so that... Okay. Okay. <laughs> that, ex- that explains a lot. Yeah. I bet Jeff Goldblum has something to do with it. Oh, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> 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 I think if I met him, I would get all giggly and fidgety. <laughs> You'd snort laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, can i sit and that, laugh <laughs> that would be what i did if i time traveled and met patrick sweet oh <laughs> or if i met scott bacula today count chocula what if i met scott bacula oh, today yeah he still looks good. but uh, my husband teases me about him like when we watch star trek enterprise or something he'll be like hey honey stern and bush is on <laughs> Bush is on the TV. And you're like, where? Where? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) 
Did you have any crushes on any ladies? Any lady crushes? Um, let me see. Wonder Woman, of course. Yeah, Wonder Woman. And Wonder I, Woman I, is everything. She is. Wonder Woman. Deborah Winger. Oh, that's a good one. She yeah. Goes, she's in the intellectual group. <laughs> yeah, she was just like, oh my god, how is she so pretty? She's amazing. <laughs> I want to be her. Like the halo around her. I'm just like, oh my gosh, she's so <laughs> I like the bionic woman. Oh my god, yeah. Lindsay Wagner. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. I, yeah. I, I can't talk about David Bowie because he's too sacred for this topic. Yeah, David Bowie is his own episode, I think. Yeah. And I didn't talk about Patrick Swayze as much in this episode, except for a, a mild mention, because if I talk about Patrick Swayze, then it's going to be a whole episode like we did in the bad movie love. Yes. <laughs> Six Degrees of Patrick Swayze. Yeah. <laughs> we have to make that a real game. Yeah. But yeah, I ran through my all over the map list. Yep. So that was fun. Yeah, I'm gonna Got go. Seventies references, eighties references. I don't care about teen heartthrobs today. I don't. I don't know who's hot today, and I really don't give a fuck because I'm old. Mm -hmm. So no cougar crushes. No. No, I thought I was gonna go through a cougar phase, but then, you know, when I when I went back to school, I'm surrounded by young dudes, and I'm like, ew, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> like you're cute to look at, but that's it. Yeah. Your brain's not finished cooking. Your frontal cortex needs to fully develop. <laughs> you gotta be grown. You gotta have some seasoning. Yeah. None of that going on. And that's why you need a nose condom. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Nose condoms. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you everyone for joining us for our off topic AF episode. If you have any heartthrobs that you want to contribute to the discourse, you can hit us up on Instagram. Let us know your heartthrobs. I'm Carly Knight. And I'm Donna Hearth. And this has been Procrastination Planet. Bye. Bye. Procrastination Planet has been written and produced by me, Carly Knight. Our logo is designed by C. Trojan of C. Trojan Art. Our theme music is Laser Unicorns by Christian Penn, courtesy of Jumendo Licensing. Check us out at procrastinationplanet.com. Over there, you can catch links to our bonus content for every episode, as well as links to our Patreon and our Teespring pages. All other sound at Procrastination Planet is courtesy of Charlie and Holly, our official podcast puppies. Don't forget to drop us an email at procrastinationplanetpod at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing.